welcome to Musings with me at Butterfly Effect for Happiness. I'm Lisa and I hope that wherever this finds you in your day, it generates critical thinking and discussion for those you love and care about. In this episode, I'm musing on the topic of when everyone else comes first. So I'd like to ask you straight off the bat, how is nurturing everyone else first working out for you? And if we consider, as noted on merriamwebster.com, the information on the word nurture, Merriam, wherefore art thou Merriam Webster? Oh, there you are. When nurture was first adopted into the English language in the 14th century, it referred to training or upbringing. That is, to the care and attention given to someone or something that is growing or developing. And it wasn't until a century later that the verb nurture settled into the language, first with meanings having to do with feeding and caring for young. Meanings nourish had been uh, nurturing for a hundred years. So that used to show up for me. And it may be showing up for you by nurturing everyone else before ourselves. It might look like picking up after everyone else, being a taxi service and running everybody around. You might have a restaurant service in your house with various levels of critics, I might add, that don't want this or don't want that, or I don't like this and I'm not eating those peas. You may even be making several different meals to cater to the hordes or to the kids, whichever you you decide. (laughs) You might be working all the time and are all things for everyone. Maybe, like the old me, you drop everything for, for others. You might have something planned and someone rings and you say, sure, I'll be there. Never mind your own plans. And this is a common experience for parents of teens who don't have their own license yet. You know how you, um, you're the on-call Uber for work and school and whoever else or wherever else they are going. Um, it might even show up as you having other people's kids when you have commitments of your own. And if you're doing that, you're probably saying yes when you want to say no. And... We might even offer to do things for others and then kick ourselves for it. And if you're anything like I was, I didn't even consciously realize that I was doing that. Or if I did realize it, I'd forget and repeat that situation again and again and again. And then feel resentful about it. Like seriously, Mm, not really working for me. Um, We often allow space for everyone to experience things and then feel resentful like I just said that we're not doing it for ourselves and I totally understand why everyone thinks that everything will fall apart if we stop to take care of ourselves and that's because we meaning those of us who do this um, think that everyone in society is doing it that way and that's what we've learned I mean, how many of us know someone else doing it this way? I regularly have clients, friends, family members say exactly this. If something happened to me tomorrow, the shit would hit the fan and no one would know what to do. I even have this vague memory of some verse about as you wish others would do to you, do so to them. 
Like, on reflection, I don't think this meant martyrdom. And that definitely was not working for me. And if we really stop to think about it, it brings up a whole raft of questions in relation to this. Like, what are we teaching others about how to treat us if this is what we are doing? What are we teaching our children about how to take care of themselves if we are doing it all or constantly catching them so they don't experience failure? How are we allowing others to experience independence or decision-making if we're making all the decisions? How can we expect our children to go out into the world and operate as whole and healthy beings if we don't create a space in which they see that being role modelled? We can't ask for something to happen that we're not doing ourselves. You know the old adage, um, do as I say, not as I do, doesn't actually work out. And honestly, like I don't even remember when I took on the role of being all things to all people. But I do know that it's tied or is or was tied directly into my self-worth and still is if, if I have those moments of um, getting off the, the wagon and burning it to death. Um, it's, it's tied into my boundaries. It's tied into my self-value. It's tied into my self-esteem and a whole other um, load of stuff. And if you've been doing these things, then you're probably noticing or not noticing as the case may be, especially when we're not consciously aware that we are putting everyone else first, but we begin to feel angry and resentful or resentful. Um, We may be experiencing brain fog because we're doing, 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 and we're not able to focus our attention And you just can't get your brain to work efficiently. You know, like when you're trying to do so many different things and then you end up like cutting yourself or knocking things over or and then the glass goes and then you spill something and it goes from one thing to another to another and things take so much longer to get done and you just can't think. Like your brain is so foggy that you just can't think and then one of the kids asks a question you're like oh my god I don't know um some of the other things are you might feel tired all the time or have sleep issues you know when you feel so tired but when you go to bed to sleep hmm it's like an activation switch for the monkey mind to start You know that awesome experience when every single freaking thought, feeling, event, issue, past memory comes into your brain as you're trying to go to sleep? You know, that fun experience, like best one ever said no one. Um, You know, it might be a loss of, of your sense of self. So like, what makes me happy? How do I even find what brings me those moments of happiness? Like we may even lose connection to those intangible parts within ourselves that make us who we are. I so often hear from clients and friends and parents and um, family, I don't even know what I like anymore. Or I don't know what makes me happy. 
I don't know what I do for fun or brings me joy or makes me happy or everything is about everyone else. I've asked people, like when I go out, so now I ask different questions because I want to know the depth of people as opposed to, oh, what do you think of the weather? Um, I do ask that too because, you know, we often have no rain. Um, I have asked people I meet, what do you do for fun for yourself or for joy outside of this situation or outside of work and family? And so often the reply is much the same. Nothing. I do nothing. I wouldn't even know where to begin if I had time. And there's so many of us in this situation and we think we are the only ones. And for me, as a now self-confessed personal development magpie and magpie because I have tried so many shiny things to quote unquote fix myself um, I have spent countless times journaling what do I even want and that's that's the sentence at the top of my page what do I even want or what brings me joy right now because I've been sucked back into the doing for everyone else so many times and then the fallout from that shows up for me. And so for some, it might show up as a momentary feeling of joy, but no sustainable level of happiness in our overall life. Like there's brief snippets of that feeling of joy while doing the thing, but no long-lasting feeling of fun or joy or happiness. It's a definite step up from zero joy in anything in life. The pivot, though, is that we want to be able to find those moments more consistently throughout our daily life and have that feeling of looking forward to things, people, places, events in our life. So some other noticeable effects are a feeling or experience of disconnection from ourselves and others. You know, because we're so busy with life, work, family, and we're not taking care of ourselves. And consequently, our relationships outside of these areas start to fall by the wayside. Or they already have. And we have glimpses of awareness as we wonder how a friend is doing who we may have had a great connection with, but haven't seen for ages. Because we are all busy doing our things or going through life. And sometimes those are like the canary in the, um, in the mine. Haven't seen your friends for ages? Why is that? Is that because we're not taking time out for ourselves? We're not making the time to... A, catch up with those friends that have had us all those times when we've fallen over. Um, we're not taking the time out to catch up with the mums from school or, or whatever it is um, because we are so busy. Busy. Don't you love that word? Busy, busy. Um, maybe even you don't feel like you fit in anymore. Or you might have intentionally separated yourself out from a friend group. Because you're dealing with so many other things on your plate. Um, these issues or priorities might range from like other relationships to wellness of self or family to feelings of not fitting in anymore. It might be anxiety or new circumstances that you feel 
um, separate you out from that known tribe that you used to be involved with. Um, Things might have changed so much so for you that you don't feel you have the similarities or connections with them like you did. And this leads to, whether consciously or unconsciously, um, grief over the loss of that relationship with those friends or family or job or um, or a relationship as in, you know, partner. Um, we often don't realize at the time that we're grieving the loss of that relationship or job or family member in the sense of loss. And we then feel like we don't have the support network we needed to help us nurture ourselves because we've let that go. And then when we turn around to find that support network, it's not there because we didn't nurture ourselves through that that network. And then this can lead to a feeling of loneliness and longing to be connected to others or not. We might be craving connection to other like-minded people who get where we're at. But we might feel like we can't join in because, you know, that inner voice that likes to rear its head, um, that self-doubt voice that says, um, no, who, who makes you think you can join into that group? What makes you think they would want you in there? Or, or whatever that little self-doubt voice says. Or we may even be avoiding the connections with others. Like, you know, or maybe you don't know, um, like I have been known to hide out in the car at the kids' sport or school pickup because I've felt crappy or haven't been taking care of myself. Oh, shit, I hope they don't see me because I'm not in a space to talk or, oh, my God, I look like shit or I don't want to bring others down with my stuff. And because we feel awful all the time, and I only say this because I've been there, and on occasion, I'm known to still be there. Um, Less often now, but you know what? I'm always a work in progress. Another symptom of of lack of self-nurturing is a sense of sadness or lack of um, give a shit or just like general malaise. You know, like you can't put your finger on it, but you just feel meh or who cares or or like whatever because you don't find that buzz around anything anymore and you don't feel like you want to engage in anything anymore. It's it's just not that give a shit. (laughs) Um, You might find that you just feel completely lost. Like you've lost your sense of self, of your um, lost that sense of direction or purpose, and you know what you don't want, but knowing where to start to change or pivot in a new direction feels out of your range. And you may feel like you need some sort of support to help you get unstuck so you can pivot in a new direction with a renewed sense of purpose. And when we feel like we have some purpose, we feel like we have a level of usefulness and we feel worthy and of value. But it's choosing to get that support as well to get unstuck. 
And I've had conversations with people who about this who are now retired as well because we all think it's only parents who have little children or who have um, older teens and they've got a lot on their plate or um, someone who's working all the time. And so there's this perception around that it is somebody who is younger. But I've had conversations, as I said, with people who are now retired and they talk about the loss of a sense of purpose. And this is true for parents after they've had kids. Um, Their whole sense of self is tied into others outside of themselves. And that's okay too, you know, like within our jobs, we have this sense of purpose and sense of self within that whole space outside of self. But what happens when that's gone? Who are we then? Who do we get to be then? In fact, I was talking to an older gentleman who used to be a builder. And he said the hardest thing now after retiring is where is his value? What does he have to offer? Because he no longer has a job or a role. How interesting is that? And for us as people outside of that space, we're expecting them to, I guess, from my point of view, expecting them to be like, woohoo, I'm retired and now I can go and do whatever I want to do. You know? The, um, the other thing is there may also be that sense of stop the world, I want to get off. That sense of not knowing where I want to be. I don't know what I, do, I want to do and I just don't, I just want to get off. Like that old saying, um, I don't know if I'm Arthur or Martha. I don't know who I am. And then that leads into that feeling of inner doubt. We are so much in that space of being lost that we're not listening to our inner voice or our inner guidance. And then our decisions become fear-driven. We can be so focused on that little voice that questions all of our decisions that we then fear listening to our inner voice or we are making decisions based around what may go wrong instead of the realm of possibility, like positive possibility and the ability to make decisions for ourselves becomes too hard. And yet the flip of this is that we are so often the decision makers of the family. And we're doing this day in and day out. What's for dinner? How will I manage kid drop-offs? What? How am I going to pay that? Where will I put that money? What is going to happen with this today? You know, we're, we're making all these decisions all the time. Maybe this is decision fatigue. Is that a thing? I'm sure it's a thing. Um, it's got to be a thing. <laughs> this then may potentially flow into asking everyone else what it is that we should do what what should we be what should we have is this the right decision that I'm making and we allow others to be the deciders of our lives or we may even like live at the mercy of everyone else's requests simply because we've given up being the decider in our own lives we will make decisions based around family and friends and um, the house and the car and all that kind of stuff but what about us what about our our life and who we are and what our purpose is where are we making those decisions how are we stalling that 
And look, if, ev- if looking after everyone else first was the best way to go, then we would all be racing around the plane trying to put everyone else's mask on during a crash. You know, and that, and if you haven't flown before, you may not know this, but on the plane they have a safety talk right at the beginning and part of that safety talk is put on your own mask first, not your children's. If you're always putting the mask on your kids or I'm putting the mask on my children or other people and rescuing them at some point, we are going to falter. We can't be putting the mask on everybody else and not ourselves. And that's when we get sick. And that takes me back to what I've said in other podcasts. Feather, brick or truck? Which level are you going to stop at and start caring for self? At feather level? At brick level when you get unwell? Or at truck level when you end up in hospital or have a car accident because you're so tired? Or someone says, you know what, I can't be in this relationship anymore. Which level are you going to stop and start caring for yourself? After all, there's a reason we have so many sayings around self-care. You know, fill your own cup first so that it may overflow. And then you can give to everybody else. And this doesn't mean, or maybe it does, that we run away and leave everyone to fend for themselves and tell them all to fuck off. But it does mean we take a good look at where we can start to let go of some of the reins. And we allow others to pick them up for themselves or support us in what we need to happen. And for my hubby and, and the likes who, who don't get the, um, the mask and, and that kind of thing, I use the analogy of a car. I know I've said this before, but hey, once is never enough. Just check out our own, check out our house. Um, If we always drive our car and don't refuel it and we don't check the oil, the water, the tyres and we allow our gearbox to crunch constantly, then we're not going to have a very smooth ride. Or we'll have a car that won't start next time or we'll have a gearbox that's stuffed. We have to make sure the battery is being recharged. The tank is full of the right kind of fuel. You know, diesels don't run on water and sugar. And ensure that everything is greased properly. We are the same. We have to take care of ourselves mentally, physically, emotionally and spiritually. And here's my disclaimer. That doesn't necessarily mean in a God kind of way either. It might mean giving or being part of something bigger than ourselves. For my hubby, that's being involved in the Royal Fire Brigade. And we both help out with scouts. So that allows us to feel part of something bigger, but we don't do them at the detriment of ourselves or who are we actually going to be useful for anyway. So maybe that may be why you're sick and tired of taking care of everyone else first, literally and figuratively, because you're not putting your own mask on first or taking the car for a service. And keep it clean, people. Um, Or maybe you're not putting your own mask on at all. So how do we prioritize ourselves first? 
Well, we find practices that allow us to tune into ourselves and to identify our own needs or what our issue really is. We make time to stop and try out something we have always wanted to do. And it doesn't have to cost an arm and a leg and it doesn't have to be full scale. It doesn't have to be hours or weekends. In fact, it's more in those daily practices and the pivots that we get more traction. The weekends away are great too. Like who's going to say no? Um, But if we don't take care along the way, we end up sick for those weekends. How many of us finally take the holiday and end up sick for most of it? We build our toolkit and we use those tools to nurture our needs first. Maybe it's yoga. Maybe it's painting or bushwalking or axe throwing or one of those um, crash or smash um, places where you get to smash everything up. Or maybe it's meeting at a cafe with the mums from school. Yeah, ladies, we are definitely overdue. Um, It's getting the kids or partner to make their own lunches and maybe even at night so there isn't a rush in the morning. That's something that we do in our house. You don't have to, but it stops that morning rush and the chase, chase, chase of kids. It's in the delegation of chores and asking for help instead of doing it all yourself. And for those of us who have a perfection streak, It's in letting it be kid level clean or partner level clean sometimes and working on being more flexible about how something needs to be done. You know, right? Like not one of my faves, but as I've gotten older, it has become easier. And running my own business helped me too because I just don't have the time to be super freak tidy anymore, which, you know, can on occasion just get right up me and um, that's why I am creating an office space so I don't have to look at it anymore but it's in the pivot on the thinking too instead of feeling resentful for having to sit at um, rugby league and waste my time you might be sitting um, at dance or at some other sport or you're having to run them to work or whatever it is So now I might use it to walk around the field or catch up on a podcast or listen to an audible book or phone someone I haven't had time to chat to in ages or I might ring my mum or um, I might sit down and, and spend some time journaling. It can look however you want it to look. You, um... I'm really conscious here that I'm more of a chill out, relax and um, have meditation time. But I know there's people who want to get active and haven't had time for that or um, are more social than I am. So they might want to socialize with people. It might look like lying in the grass in the late afternoon with the dog and grounding while I feel the cool earth and appreciate that the dog loves me no matter how much of a nut job I may have been this week. Um, it might be picking up a book from the library that you've always wanted to read but never had time for. Like one page at night, I have a beautiful Tao Healing um, master teacher um, who says, just one page, and it gets you through that book. You don't have to read the whole book. 
just one page gets you further than never at all. It's in the dancing like a freak with my youngest son in the kitchen as we get breakfast in the morning. And music is the best shifter of energy. And it's not caring who sees you. It's being stupid and and allowing yourself to move your body and shift that energy. Is there something in there that piques your interest? Is there something else that you've always wanted to try? Make it like an adventure. Try something different. If you don't like it, try it again with someone else. Or don't, try it again. And try something different next time. It doesn't matter. It's Think of it like a smorgasbord. Oh, I'll have some of that this time. Mm, that wasn't quite my cup of tea, but if it was... If it had some extra milk in it, I might have some more of that. Or, um, yeah, definitely not going back for that again. So spend some time listing things um, that you might want to have a go at. Or spend some time listing things you used to do as a kid or teen and revisit those. What things did you do that floated your boat then? It might just be that you just don't, have time for those anymore or you haven't made time for those anymore it might be walking outside and breathing in the smell of your horse it might be sitting in the chookyard watching the chickens pecking around and doing their weird little runs with their no arms (laughs) like you know what if this resonates with you drop a comment on my socials or or Direct message me with what your next self-nurturing focus is going to be. There's your challenge. There's your challenge. What is your next self-nurturing focus going to be? What can you try? If you've been trying nothing up until now, what have you got to lose? What have you got to lose except not starting? Have a crack at something. Stop and make time I don't have time is not an excuse it's a reason for you to avoid taking care of yourself and there's so much more deeper under that but a podcast is not the place to expand into that there's further podcasts down the track and as always I hope that this lands with the intention it is meant with with love with understanding and with a good dose of when the bleeper you're going to do it because tomorrow is always another day away with mountains of love and mountains of blessings catch you on the next one beautiful people